Hello, my name is Ben Schluter, and welcome to this episode of Gold to Go. Uh, yeah. Let's not talk about the things from, like, the USA Today article, because I've already gone into detail about that. And let's talk about the football itself, starting with the Eliminator Challenge. And, well, last week I was right. I, I picked the Saints to win. <sighs> yeah. That was fun. That wasn't fun. This week, I have picked the Steelers to beat the Jaguars. Do the Steelers play the Jets anytime soon? I'm double-checking the Jets' schedule. If they play the Jets, I will be changing this pick. They do not play the Steelers. This is important. So, yeah. This week, I got the Steelers as my Eliminator pick, and just for those of you who don't know, um, basically, you pick one team and one game, and if they win, you stay in. I've already been eliminated. Uh, and if you lose, you're basically out, but you can only pick that one team once. So, like, you pick an easy game, like you pick a team that's obviously going to win, yeah, but, what if they play another team later on where it's also pretty much a gimme, and then they win it? And it's like, oh, but I have to go to a weird one. Now, most people are choosing the Chargers to beat the Jets. I've decided to stay away from the Chargers as I know how bad they are. I've watched enough Chargers football, which is like two games, and just seen how bad that team can be, that I genuinely think the Jets have a chance against them. I say a chance, I didn't say a good one. But yeah. So, that's the Eliminator Challenge for this week. Now, let's talk about last week's football games. So, first of all, I picked 10 games correct out of... Well, that means, I'm sorry, that I missed one, a two, a three, four. Four games, I missed four games. Not half bad, actually. So, let's talk about each of them. The Colts and the Titans. Now, I had the Titans winning that game because... I didn't know what the Colts were. And then the Colts decided to show up what they were, or something. I don't know what happened in that game. Honestly. Colts, what are you doing? What did you do there? Titans, why are you on a downward spiral? You had this division, now you don't? This is your fault, by the way. What is it with you and your incompetence? How is it that you don't know how to do a special teams? Really? Complete and utter failure. Then there was the Browns-Texans game, which was delayed due to bad weather for about a half hour. Uh, kickoff happened at 12.30 and not 12. This is based on central time. And yeah, Browns won it 10-7. Low-scoring game. What did you expect with that kind of weather? Uh, Nick Chubb with that incredible 100,000 IQ play not to stay, I mean, not to score. Because if you score, you give the ball back to the Texans with a chance to potentially score twice and tie the game up. Nope. Allowed the Browns to take knees and win it. That was a sloppy game, though. Not a good one. Then you had Washington and Detroit. Hey, Detroit, congratulations on escaping with the win. You didn't deserve it. How did you almost lose that one? You had full control of it, and then you blew the lead, and then Matt Prater and uh, Matt Stafford said, We are magical. Matt Stafford leads a magical drive, and then Matt Prater kicks a 59-yard field goal to save your asses. 
is this even a good thing? Like, it's not helping you get a good draft pick, and it's keeping Matt Patricia around because, like, oh my god, he must be the reason behind why the Lions are magic, and it's not that they were playing an inferior opponent that they choked against. Like, I... Like, they always say, a win is a win, but some wins are worse than others. That win was bad. That was a bad type of win. But at least the Lions have matched their win total from last year, so... That's an improvement? I don't know. Then you had the Packers-Jaguars game. Green Bay, are you a fraud or something? Just, how is this a game? The Jaguars are like the second worst team in the NFL. And if they played the Jets, it would be a close game. It would be a close game. Did they play the Jets? Excuse me. I have to double check this because reasons. No, their win came against the Colts, randomly. Their one win was in week one when the Colts, who I didn't know anything about, you know, decided to do exactly what normal teams do and lose games to bad teams. Whatever. Whatever. Packers almost did it. This is a thing I've seen with the Packers before, though. They have, like, two or three bad games a year. There are times, also, when the Packers really play down to their competition, and they get into close games with teams they should be blowing out. Case in point, the 2012 Saints-Packers game, in which the Saints, with zero defense to speak of, managed to take the Packers deep before losing. Like, really? You were a much better team than that in 2012. I know that. And this year, that's worse with the Jaguars. How the heck do you give up a 91-yard touchdown on a punt? That's on you guys. Y'all need to work on some stuff. Then you have the Giants and the Eagles. Congratulations, Daniel Jones. You've gotten a win over another team in the division. A team not named Washington. Congrats. Hey, um, can someone ask Doug Peterson what the hell is wrong with him? Why did you go for two when you did? Like, he goes for two in a situation where it's completely suboptimal to do it, and it's like... No, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's not what you're supposed to do at all. I don't care if it works, by the way. Because again, you cannot judge how good a decision is on the outcome. You have to judge it before it's made. Now granted, some decisions are like 50-50, and thus you have to judge them on the outcome. Because maybe something happens in the middle of it where it's like, oh wow, no, you saw something that clearly the other team wasn't thinking about. Like faking a punt. Like, for example, uh, when Johnny Hecker faked that punt against the Niners and it was, like, inside their own 20. Like, normally that would be a stupid decision. But Hecker made the read, realized, hey, wait a minute. We can get free yards out of this. Why not? And, yoop, gets it to the man, first down. That's a great decision. Going for two in that time? Not a great decision. So, at least the Eagles don't have, um, any problems when it comes to leading the division. How the hell are they leading this division? This is by far the most garbage division ever. I'm gonna feel really bad for what team gets left out of the playoffs because of the mess that is the NFC East. Like, honestly. This could be the catalyst for the NFL just giving up on divisions entirely. I mean, at least for an automatic playoff spot, like, jeez. At the very, very least, giving them an automatic home game. 
Really? Huh. Whatever. So the Bucks bounced back. Yeah. They beat the Panthers 46-23 to in the example this week of Scorigami. You can thank the Buccaneers for missing an extra point attempt for getting the game to 46-23. Also, Ronald Jones broke off a 98-yard run because reasons. Actually, it's not because reasons. It's because the Panthers did not bother to put a safety in the deep area because, you know, it's not like Ronald Jones could ever break loose. Where, where did you think that would work? Oh, also, Teddy Bridgewater had to go under an MRI, which is always fun. Huh, what do you know? In back-to-back -back weeks, the Bucks have now injured the ribs of NFC South quarterbacks. I'll get to that in a second. Bills Cardinals. So I had the Bills winning this one, and they were supposed to, and then DeAndre Hopkins decided to be magic. This is now the primary reason why the Houston Texans were absolute morons when they traded DeAndre Hopkins. And by that I mean Bill O'Brien should have been fired after the playoff game. But nah, we should keep him around. This is a smart move. This is a smart move according to nobody with a brain. So yeah, um, that game was pretty good from what I heard. It was like really good all across. Uh, and the Cardinals, the team I said had no chance of winning the division. Yeah, they lead the NFC West right now because, of course, every prediction I have to make is wrong. <laughs> nah, the Texans are going to win the AFC South. Boy, was I wrong about that one. Jeez Louise, did I not... How did I not see that coming? I mean, granted, you wouldn't expect them to fall off a cliff like that, but... Really? Hmm... The Raiders beat the Broncos 37-12. Uh, to 12. Drew Locke got injured. That's not good. Uh, I think they said he might be out for a couple weeks. I'm not exactly sure about that one. But we can double check it. Um, so he's got no fracture in his ribs. His status for Sunday's game is in doubt. Because he has a pretty severe strain and bruising. So, maybe not against the Dolphins. He might be back against the Saints. Because we have to play them. And, um, I'll get to that in a second. Chargers, Dolphins. Dolphins win it. Tua looks pretty amazing. These are all things we kind of expected. Yeah. Steelers won 36-10 and decided not to play down to their competition this week. If only you guys could make that decision every week. You wouldn't be in situations like you were against the Cowboys, where you gave the game away twice. I'm not saying they should have won that game. I'm saying they should have lost that game. You got benefit from a bullshit roughing the passer call. And then that allowed you to go on, finish your drive, and score a touchdown. You did not play like you deserved to win that game. That's all. That's all I gotta say about that. Hey, I had the Rams beating the Seahawks, yet 73% of people had the Seahawks beating the Rams. Uh, you do realize that the Rams are the Seahawks kryptonite, right? In the past 10 meetings, the Rams had won 7. Yeah. I don't know how that's happened either. It also doesn't help that the Seahawks are absolute dog shit right now. I don't know what the hell's happened to them. I don't know how the hell they got to 6-2, and two, now 6-3. and three. But they are not a good football team. 
I mean, they have no offensive line, and granted, that's because part of it's injured to shit. Like, they don't have their starting center from week one and all. Uh, I mention him because Ethan Posick would have really been nice to have this year for LSU. Who, baby? Yeah. Uh, so they don't have that. And then their defense is apparently on pace to break the Saints' defense. I find that almost impossible. No, there's no way that any defense could be worse than the 2012 Saints. There's no way that a defense with Jamal Adams on it could be worse than the 2012 Saints, who were headlined by Corey White and Patrick Robinson. And Ah, God, just let's not talk about that team. Just let's not talk about that secondary or whatever you want to call those guys we had to send out onto the field. Just separate tangent. Separate tangent about how terrible that team was. But yeah, the Seahawks are falling apart at the seams. I would be very surprised if they win their division. Hell, I feel like they could miss the playoffs legitimately. Like, not because, like, NFC East champion, but because they're like 9-7 and seven and they can't win it. They just can't make it in because there's too many 10-win teams. They're looking that bad. Like, they're on the verge of collapsing. And they really need to get things together. Because it's not looking good for them right now. Then you have the Niners-Saints game. I already did a two-point conversion all about that. Calling it a Pyrrhic victory because of the whole Breeze is injured thing. What I didn't know was that it was the Bucks who had injured Breeze, not the Niners. The Niners, um, that one hit by Streets was just the thing that aggravated the injury. Uh, basically, he'd gotten his ribs injured against the Bucks, but nothing on the x-rays came up on it. And what it turns out is, his lungs had a bit swollen, so they couldn't see anything wrong, and it looks like it's five ribs on his right side. On Breeze's right side, which is, you know, great. Yeah, I'm double-checking what this one is do 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 hmm where is it I don't know I don't know how long it's gonna be because here's the thing so they haven't expressly said anything about like how long this injury is gonna take to recover from I've heard two to three weeks at the minimum, but I've also heard that the minimum is four weeks, and it's four to six weeks to recover from this. That's that's not good at all, uh, especially for this team. And I know it's like I'm talking about the Saints a lot, but oh my god, this is good. Okay, hold on a minute. One, two, three, four. If he's out the minimum of four weeks, I think we'll be fine. If the Saints only have to lose him for four weeks... I think the Saints can deal with that, because our next four opponents are the Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, and Eagles. And if the defense plays at the level it continues to play at, I think we can win those games. But they will be ugly football games. Jameis Winston can't play. I just don't see it. Guy threw for 5,000 yards, but he threw 30 picks. That guy is a hold-your-breath-on-any-throw-he-makes-it-will-either-be-picked-off-or-be-a-touchdown. That man sailed two passes... At the goal line. Like, how do you throw it out of the reach of Michael Thomas by that wide a margin? Dude, you are really not helping. It does not help. 
that he wears the number two, because he is Aaron Brooksing the place up. The only problem is that Aaron Brooks had a little more of an accurate... Well, no. I'm sorry. Aaron Brooks had a more cannon of an arm. His arm was a major weapon. Like, he could throw the ball 70 yards. I don't know about James Winston being able to throw the ball 70 yards, and I don't think he could do it accurately. That doesn't matter, because the Saints' offense isn't built around him. That's the one thing I am worried about. How do you translate an offense that was running well under Breeze to now running with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill? Because those are two guys that are pretty much antithetical to each other. One of those guys needs to be in the pocket and get passes not even short. He's not even a short pass guy. Like, he's a more deep pass guy. Meanwhile, Taysom Hill is a run threat. So then you have this weird situation that, like, I don't know how you deal with it. And I gotta talk about the fact that the 49ers injured to hell and back. Um, put up a good fight. But, man, not having Breeze hurts. Then you had the Ravens and the Patriots. How did the Patriots win that game, you might ask? Well, it's simple. I think the Ravens might be a fraud. I know that kind of sounds like a hot take, but let me explain what I mean by that. The Ravens can't play from behind. That's their major issue. The Ravens can... They're great when they're ahead. When they're ahead, they keep leads. When they're behind, they can't win games. Like, I don't remember the statistics, but, like, they're really striking when the... Ravens don't have the lead, they start to flounder. And that's mainly, in my opinion, because they're not an offense that's designed to have to come back. They're an offense that's designed to take the lead and not give it away. So when their defense is giving up stupid things or when they're committing stupid turnovers, they can't crawl back from it. That's the problem with a run-heavy offense. It's the opposite problem with a pass-heavy offense. A pass-heavy offense can have trouble, like, run-and-shoot offense. The run-and-shoot died because it was, A, picked apart in the Orange Bowl, and B, it was the offense that the Oilers ran when they gave up a 32-point lead. A lot of people saw that and thought, yeah, this offense might not be that great when it comes to keeping the lead, because they kept passing the ball. They kept passing the ball, not running the ball. That's going to stop the clock a lot. Meanwhile, with a run-heavy offense, you're just continuing to take time off the clock. Tick, 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 You know, as good old Chris Berman says. And so when you have problems like that, you get into situations where when you have to throw the ball, you're not used to it. Now, granted, it didn't help that when the Ravens had their last drive, the heavens opened up and a monsoon began. But even then... The Patriots could execute. Why can't you? That's my problem. I don't know if the Ravens are a good enough team the way they are now. Maybe they need help with the defense. Maybe it is their offensive style, though, that it needs something better to it. Because, like, I don't want to say this, but it feels right. This is kind of feeling like 2011 uh, Denver. When it comes down to, like, they can play like that sometimes. 2011 Denver, remember that Tim Tebow offense. Like, granted, 
I don't want to compare them in the same way, but in terms of like where their major issues were when when they were playing bad, they weren't just playing bad, they were playing absolutely atrociously. That's where I can see the comparison. It's probably not apt though. And then Kirk Cousins, he got a win on Monday Night Football. Congratulations, you did it. Congratulations. Wow, superb, amazing. You beat the Bears. Hello, Bears. I see you're on a downward spiral. What took you so long? You're garbage. The Bears are garbage. It looks like the Vikings might actually take their spot in the playoffs. Of course they are. Because why would this ever be normal? Now, one thing the Vikings had a problem with, uh, same thing the 49ers had a problem with, you know, only on a different scale, special teams. What the hell was that? What the hell was that? How'd you give up another touchdown? How do you give up that touchdown on the uh, kickoff? Great job, guys. It's called coverage. Can't do that. Can't keep doing the stupid things you do on special teams. Congrats, you won. Oh, also, Bears. Looks like getting Nick Foles wasn't the best option, was it? It's almost as if he's never played a full season. Huh. It's almost as if he's probably, and this is my opinion, the worst quarterback to ever win Super Bowl MVP. Now, is that saying much? No, someone has to be the worst, and it has to be him. Because every other quarterback to have done it is, well, basically Hall of Fame caliber. There's all those Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. And you. You, Nick Foles. Hopefully he gets better, but uh, the Bears have to trot out Mitch Trubisky again. They're screwed, aren't they? Yep. 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 So, I have made my picks for uh, this week's football games, and we'll see how well they will go. Cardinals-Seahawks tonight. The Seahawks have not been a great football team recently. They're on a very far downward spiral. The Cardinals have looked on fire recently, and I feel like they will continue that streak. I believe the Cardinals will beat the Seahawks. Also, the Cardinals randomly do things against the Seahawks, like we saw last time. Falcons-Saints, I think the Saints will be able to pull it out. I feel like it'll be a run-heavy game for the Saints. Uh, definitely going to have to get Kamara more involved in the offense than he already is. And honestly, at the way we've had to play him, he should be in the conversation for MVP. Kamara should be in the conversation for MVP right now. You take Russell Wilson out of that conversation right now because he is not cooking. Uh, he is boiled over right now. He just keeps getting sacked. It's not good. He's he's committed so many turnovers. He's making poor decisions. Yes, he'll sometimes look magical, but other times he'll look like... Mm. But yeah, Saints uh, beat the Falcons. It will be a close one, though. It should be a closer one, and I believe that defense is really going to be important in this one for the Saints. If they're going to win this game, they're going to have to hold the Falcons to under 17 points. That'll, I think, if we hold the Falcons to under 17 points, I think we should win that game. Then, Bengals, Washington. Bengals should win this game. That's how I feel. I feel like they should win this game. Washington's kind of a bit meh. But, we'll see. I feel like that game's going to be a bit closer than uh, might be thought. Then you have the Browns and the Eagles. I think the Browns are going to beat the Eagles. Uh, overall, a better team. I think the Browns are going to sneak into the playoffs. Then you got the Panthers and the Lions. 
eh, Panthers, they could win this game. I don't know exactly what the injury report looks like for the Panthers in terms of is Bridgewater playing? Okay. So... He's got doubt on whether he's playing against the Lions. I am 50-50 on this one, and the Panthers don't have a defense. And actually, yeah, the Panthers don't have a defense. I think the Lions will win this one, but it'll be close. Ravens, Titans, Ravens. I think the Titans have been... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Oh, I'm sorry. I picked the Titans over the Ravens. I'm sorry. If only there were a reason for that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember the last time these two teams played? It didn't go so well, did it? I think Mike Vrabel knows their offense. And I think he knows what to do to get around him. And plus, like, I've seen the Ravens falter a lot this season. That indie game was bad in the first half. Where they just could not get anything going. And then, they got helped out by a bullshit interception. That wasn't a catch. That was not a catch against the Colts. Patriots, Texans, Patriots should win that game. They're a much better team. They're looking better right now. Uh, Steelers should beat the Jaguars. I got them in my eliminator. Dolphins are a much, much, much better team than the Broncos. The Broncos are dealing with their issues. Uh, Dolphins are just on a roll. Tua is looking amazing. And the Dolphins are probably going to be one of those wildcard teams. Uh, Then Chargers should beat the Jets. That game's going to be stupid. I don't know what's going to happen in it. Did you see that uh, Justin Herbert got a haircut? He looks ridiculous. We'll see if this is... uh, Maybe he's like Samson and that's where all of his power is. Cowboys, Vikings, Vikings. The Vikings should win this game. They're on a roll right now. Dalvin Cook didn't get much going against the uh, Bears, so they just decided, screw it, let's throw it to Justin Jefferson. If only someone could have told you Justin Jefferson was going to be good. Oh, wait, everyone here. Like, uh, Reddit NFL, like, someone posted, like, the video of when the Vikings saw that the Eagles picked Jalen Rager. And they were like, yeah, because they knew they had their guy. And then there's the Packers and the Colts. That game is going to be good. That game is not going to be good because of normal reasons. It's going to be good because I want to see which team is more legitimate and which team is more fraud. Is it that the Colts are actually a good team worthy of their 6-3 record? Or is it that they just have lucked into some stupid games? Or, and, uh, are the Packers able to come back after, uh, nearly losing to the fucking Jaguars? Garbage. Garbage, garbage, garbage. Garbage everywhere. Chiefs, Raiders. Chiefs should win it, but don't be surprised if the Raiders win it. Raiders are a good team. They beat them the first time. Granted, that was a little fluky, uh, but it should be a closer game than one might think. And then finally, Bucks, Rams. I think the Rams are going to lose that one. The Bucks, the Bucks are just looking pretty good right now. I hope the Rams win, but I got a 31 to 28 victory for the Bucks. At least that's what I think. Let's hope I'm right. And now, we move on to the college games, starting with last week and my picks and then some other games that we can talk about uh, because there was football last week.
Yeah, let me just get up the other games from last week. Because, why do you do the things that you do, ESPN? Sincerely, me. Anyway, so, here were the games that I picked. First of all, Miami and Virginia Tech. Miami, you should not have won that game the way you did. How did you pretty much give that game to Virginia Tech? And then Virginia Tech said, nah, you can have it. Like, really, guys? You should not have been a 25-24 to win. You should have blown them out. Whatever. Then, Nebraska beat Penn State. I picked Nebraska to beat Penn State. Most people picked Penn State to beat Nebraska, probably because of principle. But no. I just feel like Penn State's on a downward spiral this year. I don't know what's happened to them. How have they fallen apart so bad? And it's not just because Journey Brown can't play anymore. It's because they're garbage. How does one loss to Indiana just, like, send your season into a downward pit? Then you have the Hoosiers beating the Spartans. Yeah, pretty much everyone had that one. 24-0, though. And how did Indiana not even score in the second half? Oh, well. Then you have the West Virginia Mountaineers beating TCU 24-6. I, I didn't watch the game. I don't know what happened. West Virginia won. Okay. I didn't watch Colorado and Stanford, but I know I was wrong because the game ended 35-32 Colorado. Picked Stanford. It was a coin flip. Tulsa beat Southern Methodist. Wow. I am shocked. Uh, Tulsa has hung in a lot. They were hanging in there for a lot of games last year. And that was one of their things, I think. It was either Tulsa or TCU, uh, ECU, excuse me. Uh, where their thing was, yeah, we're going to stick around, but we just can't close it out. We just can't get it in there. And uh, that victory pushed Tulsa to the number 25 spot. And they actually play tonight against Tulane. They're going to win, aren't they? They're going to win by a lot. We'll see how that goes. Ducks, Cougars, Oregon, and Washington State, and, uh, what the hell was that? Oregon, how did you nearly screw that up? Like, yes, you pulled away, but you looked pretty bad. Ugh. And then there was a Northwestern-Purdue game. I mean, I just picked Northwestern because I thought they were a better team. Oh, so there was a tiebreaker for the final score for the Northwestern-Purdue game? How was I supposed to know about that? Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, that game ended 27-20, to but that's not all the games that were played last week. No. There were others. Um, like Cincinnati beating the crap out of East Carolina 55-17. to Fun. Then you had ULL, uh, number 25. Now I believe number 22, ULL. 38-10 to 10 over South Alabama. Uh, Tulane beat Army, 38-12. to 12. Uh, Army, I think, was technically ranked. I, I, I heard that it was the first time Tulane had beaten a ranked team since the 1980s, and I'm like, Army isn't ranked. But are they ranked in the coaches' poll? That is where things get really stupid. Hold on one second. I have to double-check this stupid coaches' poll from week 11. Oh, yeah. They, they were ranked. They were ranked in the freaking coaches' poll. For some stupid reason, they were ranked in the coaches' poll. That, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 whatever. Whatever. 
Uh, Notre Dame beat Boston College 45-31. to uh, Game could have had a chance. There was a chance for there to be tied turn because Boston College pulled a surprise onside kick, but it was called back due to uh, basically one of the Boston College guys engaged a block early, and that's illegal. Ugh. Florida. Holy cow. Kyle Trask. He's thrown for all the yards against none of the defenses. Mike, what happened to the SEC's defenses? Why are they so garbage this year? <laughs> also, my God, what is Florida going to do to LSU's defense? And LSU has to play this weekend, which isn't going to kill me at all. <laughs> at least we didn't have to play Alabama last week. That would have that have been the death of me. Wisconsin took Michigan out behind the woodshed and said die and beat them 49 to 11. Marshall playing on the 50th anniversary of the Marshall plane crash beat Middle Tennessee 42 to 14. They are now ranked 15th, uh, tied with Coastal Carolina. You had that Tulsa upset, USC beat Arizona 34 to 30. Liberty had a game against Western Carolina, an FCS team. They beat them 58 to 14. Uh, so Liberty's moving up. Uh, what else was there? Oh yeah, North Carolina played a shootout against Wake Forest, 59-53. They had to come back and win that game. Uh, because they were down. Scoring 28 points in the final quarter. Damn. Uh, Vanderbilt put up 35 points on Kentucky and lost 38-35, but still, Vandy, what are you doing? I don't even know. Illinois got their first win of the season, 23-20 over Rutgers. Um, I watched the final second of the what the final minutes of that game. So Illinois kicker misses like two field goals that are basically chip shots. He needs to hit a 40 something yard field goal to win the game and what do you know he hits it? What do you know he hits it because college kickers. Be just eh? uh anything else that matters here not Really? Oh, yeah. South Carolina lost 59-42 to to Ole Miss. Will Muschamp was fired. So they have to pay him a $13.5 million buyout. Congratulations, South Carolina. Your hire of Will Muschamp totally made sense in the end. At the start. Ever. What? Why would you hire Will Muschamp, who was mediocre at Florida, to go to your program? Why would you do that? What? Do you think he's good? Why do you think... What? Did you think that he would be different? Did you think this would be like a Spur- Did you think this would be like Spurrier? It wasn't gonna be like fucking Spurrier. No, you were not gonna get anything out of him. He is not a good coach. That was evident. His time at Florida was pretty hilarious. Like, we thank him a lot down here because he could not do anything. So bad. Yeah, and then Sunday. Sunday there was a football game because Cal and UCLA- had off games. Uh, basically, both their games got canceled at the last minute, and so within 48 hours, they had scheduled a football game for 11 a.m. Uh, Central, 9 a.m. Pacific, and uh, UCLA won 34 to 10. Yep. So, what about picks for this week? Well, here are mine. I got Coastal over App State uh, because Coastal Carolina is just going to cruise, aren't they? Army over Georgia Southern. I don't know if that game's been canned yet. 
I got Ohio State over Indiana, but I really want Indiana to win it. Because, you know, 9 win Indiana would be fun. Just, uh, there's Cincy over UCF. Cincy's amazing this year. Wisconsin over Northwestern. Again, would love it if Northwestern won it. Nevada over San Diego State. Uh, that game's going to be on CBS at the 3.30 time slot where usually there's uh, SEC football. I don't know why. I guess CBS is preparing for a life without the SEC because they don't have the SEC rights in 2021. We'll see how that goes. Iowa State over Kansas State. Uh, Oklahoma, I have them losing Bedlam. I got Oklahoma State over Oklahoma, and because that's the tiebreaker, 45-42 to because high scoring. Then I got Liberty, who's number 21 now, beating North Carolina State. And then finally, USC over Utah. Now, of course, there's one more thing we got to do with the underdog pick'em, and I have been talking for... And by the way, uh, how low have I been? Very, yes. Um, yeah. By the way, if you notice that, like, the audio sounds weird, it's because I had to pitch it up because my microphone's in a weird location because, like, reasons. I put it in a location that's weird. Just deal with... My fault. Nah. So let's see how well I did last week with this underdog pick'em. Okay, got Nebraska over Penn State. That was three points, and then I missed my other two. Great. I got three points. This week was not good. If you were the underdog, better. Because there were only four underdogs that won. Colorado over Stanford. So that's six. Illinois over Rutgers, which is five. And then Nebraska over Penn State, which is three. Which means that your highest total that you get was 14 this week. Wow. Um, in case you were wondering, that's very low. But now we see what we can do this week. This week, there are many games. First of all, the OGs. Yeah, so the largest underdog is North Alabama, who's playing BYU. They are 47-point underdogs. North Alabama is currently doing a transition process from Division Two to Division One. so yeah. There are other 30-point underdogs, such as Florida State, 34-point underdogs against Clemson, 31-point underdog Vanderbilt versus Florida, and... That be it, me lads. Indiana is 20-point underdogs at Ohio State. Jesus. But which ones do I want to pick? I do want to double-check and see which ones I can pick that are on, like, here, like, the ones where I'm locked into it. Where is the Oklahoma game? Oklahoma State is 7-point underdog. They got them winning it, so there's 7. Liberty's 3-point underdog. Get out. Uh, who else? Who else? 
Utah, I have them losing. Um, let me see. Got Iowa State and Kansas State. Kansas State's 11-point underdogs. Oh, Kentucky's 30-point underdogs against Alabama. That'll go well. Did I say well? I mean poorly. Nevada and San Diego State is just one-point underdog. Hmm. Northwestern and Wisconsin. Northwestern's probably a huge underdog. Seven points. Uh, whom else could it be? Is the Georgia State, uh, Georgia Southern Army game on here? Yes, and Georgia Southern is four-point underdogs, meaning I have to make a separate selection. Texas and Kansas. That game has been called off. But Kansas, 29-point underdogs. Well... If I have to pick one, and I do, isn't Middle Tennessee in Conference USA, and isn't Troy in the Sun Belt? Why are they playing each other? Okay, that is not an important question. Uh, many of the games on here have already been canceled anyway. <laughs> uh, well, hmm, I think we shall go with That game's already been called off to Central Arkansas and Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, Temple's been terrible this year, so I don't see them winning that. How about we take... Oh, let's say... No, the Michigan State-Maryland game thing's been called off. Let's say South Alabama, three points over Georgia State. So, if I'm all correct, this week, I'll get 13 points. Let's hope I do that. So, one more thing is that LSU has to play uh, Arkansas this weekend. We're screwed, aren't we? We haven't played in two weeks. That's that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. We've looked terrible all year. Uh, no Miles Brennan, probably for the rest of the year. Which is okay, you know, because this year doesn't even count for eligibility. So, yeah. That was great. But, there's one more thing that I do want to go over. And that thing that I want to go over is the 2020 NBA Draft. And, um, I'll be looking at the top few picks and also the picks made for the Pelicans. Well, just the first rounder. So, yeah. Starting with the first overall pick of Anthony Edwards. Now, I have a bias against him, and I say that he probably wasn't the best player in the draft. I saw him play one game from Georgia at LSU. It was the last game of the regular season, I believe, and LSU won by 30 points. Now, Anthony Edwards was the leading scorer for the Bulldogs. He scored 17 points, and he was 1 for 12 from 3. That is not good. This guy comes in with the worst shooting percentage of any first overall pick. Now, Allen Iverson's freshman year, he had a 39% uh, shooting percentage. But still, if they say this guy has range, then prove it. You don't have range if you're shooting 40%. Okay, they mentioned, like, his percentage against, like, what? Top 25 teams? I think they mentioned that. And I'm like, yeah, but this was Georgia. They didn't play that many teams in the top 25. Like, hold on a minute. I gotta double-check this. Because... 
Holy cow, it was boo. So here were his stats from this year at Georgia. He played in all 32 games. He averaged 33 minutes a game. He shot 40.2%, 29.4 from beyond the arc, 77% from the free throw line. He had 5.2 rebounds per game, 2.8 assists per game, uh, 1.3 steals per game, blocks per game. His points per game average was 19.1. How do you look that bad? Because those are not great numbers. And now, I get it. This was 2019-20 Georgia. They were really bad. Incredibly bad. Where were they again? They were the second worst team in the conference behind Vanderbilt. And, um... Okay, yes. So they won the... They did manage to play in the tournament. They played the last tournament game before everything got... Well, you know. And they beat uh, Ole Miss 81-63. to But they were a terrible basketball team. Like... Oh, they only had to play uh, Vanderbilt once. Lucky dogs. Hey, look, they took Alabama deep. 105-102 to 102 loss. And they beat Auburn. What? How did y'all beat Auburn? Okay, never. Not important. Not important. They beat Auburn. But still, I just didn't see it. I didn't see it in that one game. Now, granted, I can't address basketball talent. I'm not a basketball guy. I'm more of a football guy. But, like... That game did not help him. And also, it doesn't help that he said he doesn't like basketball. And that, like, he's basically only doing it because he had talent and stuff. Which is exactly what you should say as a draft prospect. Yeah, James Wiseman, I thought he was the best player in the draft. I thought James Wiseman was the best player in the draft. Like, I know he didn't play that much, but like everything that I heard about him, he was the best player. Now, granted, I don't know exactly what the Timberwolves' needs are. So... Having a big man may not have been their need, and it was definitely the Warriors' need, and especially the Warriors are... They haven't got Klay Thompson again. I don't think Klay Thompson is going to be back. Like, ever... He's never going to be back at 100%. And this is just saddening, to see such a great Hall of Fame career go like this. Because it'll be tougher now. He was one of the best players in the league, and now he's had to deal with two season-ending injuries. This one in a workout, of all things. That's that's not exactly great. Then you have LaMelo Ball, which, great pick. Although, I think it's kind of hilarious that he's going to be playing for Michael Jordan. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Patrick Williams. I didn't watch Florida State basketball this year, so I can't really tell you anything about him. So, good for him. Isaac Okoro. That, on the other hand, I can tell you about because I had to watch LSU play Auburn. That game was painful. He's good. He's very good. He's worthy of his number five uh, selection. I think the Cavs are going to find really good use out of him. Onyeka Okongwu, I didn't see him much because he was playing at USC and I didn't watch the LSU-USC game. Good. Good. Let's just say that was a good move on my part because we ended up blowing that game. Then there's Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin slipped to the Knicks. I don't know if the Knicks are going to fail at this or if this is going to be like the first time they've hit on a draft pick in a while. Because Obi Toppin was good. Like, I mean, he won the Wooden Award for a reason. He won the AP uh, Player of the Year Award. He was very, very good. Like, he led Dayton as far as he uh, as they did for a reason. He was just wow. That's what he was. He was wow. He absolutely wowed me. Because I got 
I think I watched a couple of the games, and they was like, oh, okay, Obi Toppin, Obi Ballin. These and many more bad jokes will be coming out of the mouths of NBA commentators next month. Then you have Denny Avdija, who I've never heard of this guy. I've never heard of this guy. Here's all I know. He's, he's younger than me. This is weird. This is very weird. Yes. This is the first, I think this is the first time ever that a, per, that a player has been drafted into the NBA who I'm older than. The first guy picked was, no, I think, I have to double check this. this you have to understand how weird things get. Okay, so no. No. Sorry I'm doing this. I have to double check some stuff. Nope. Okay. Garland wasn't. What about Kobe White? When was he? Okay. What about Jackson Hayes? Okay. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, yeah. This is the first draft ever where all the players being... Where most of the players being drafted are, like, younger than me. And it's like... Oh. Crap. Because that's weird. You don't get that until you realize... Oh. I'm older. Oh. But he's like seven five, <laughs> or like seven foot one. What? Yeah, Killian Hayes. I already mentioned his name. I didn't watch him because he was playing other places. Same with Denny of, of DJ. I'm gonna just skip to who LSU. I mean the Pelicans. Although I will talk about an LSU player. Um, the Pelicans picked Kyra Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. So. Hooray, at least I got to watch him. He was good. I think this is a good value pick. Uh, for 13th overall, Kyra Lewis Jr., you could, uh, you could do a lot worse. Uh, I think Aaron Nesmith is a bad pick. I just don't see it. I don't know why I don't see it. But I don't see it. Kyra Lewis Jr. should probably make uh, an impact. It'll take him a little bit. I think he needs some development. Uh, I think that's going to be true for a lot of these guys just because of how long... Uh, they got until the start of the season, which I think is about a month. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. So, who are some of the guys that I was kind of, what, about? Well, for starters, Vernon Carey Jr. being a second-round guy didn't make sense to me. I thought he was going to be a first-rounder. Uh... Let me think. Who else was the weird one? Uh, we've got... Where is he? You know, the one from the Michigan State. Oh, not Xavier Tillman. Though he was good. Yeah, Cassius Winston. What the hell was Cassius Winston doing at 53rd overall? Man should have been picked earlier. He was so good. And then there was Skylar Mays. Skylar Mays got picked number 50 overall, which was like, yes. Because very, very good. Watching him at LSU, uh, he'll have to put off being a doctor for a little while because, yes, he will be a doctor. This dude is going to be a doctor once he's done this basketball thingy. So, you know. 
he's got a he's got everything set. Just because why not? Why not? But he was a leader on that team. Uh, he was great. Just everything. He was that glue guy that held the team together. He was always there. He's he's not the tops at anything in the leader books, although that's because Pete Maravich happened. <laughs> he kind of holds a lot of records here. And Shaq. He holds some records too. But top 10 and top 5 in a lot of areas. Uh, graduated from here. He's going to be a doctor, but he's going to be a leader for the Hawks. And he will be able to play. And um, I think he's probably going to get some time in the G League first. Get him some reps there. I think that's what's best for him right now. Uh, Give him about a year there. Give him this season there. And then they can start to bring him up. Or uh, maybe sign him to a 10-day contract near the end of the season. Just to see how that goes. Because... For me, he's got potential. Granted, biased. Of course, I think he's got potential. I saw him here, and what he did was pretty good. And I think we've gotten guys on the... I think we have guys on the uh, roster right now who are better. Honestly, Trendon Watford's going to be a second-round pick, too. Uh, Maybe a late first-rounder, but he's going to be really good. You got Javante Smart, who will also probably be a late second-rounder, but he's going to have a role on teams. But Skylar Mays, just, it's good to see him getting drafted. But how the hell was Cassius Winston drafted after him? Like, really, guys? Um, okay. It's not like Cassius Winston was really good or anything. Not like I saw something in Cassius Winston that, uh... And again, though I can't judge basketball talent, I can judge when I see something special. That's what I saw with Cassius Winston. I saw something special with him. Something that a lot of teams should have wanted. And that, frankly, should have been addressed earlier. We'll see. He'll make a roster. Hell, I think he'll make a roster. And I don't even know if he'll go to the G League. He might make a 12-man roster. Uh. But, yes. Where is it? Oh, well. Uh, that's about it for this one. Uh, I'm sorry. Why did this guy from Cal Baptist decide, you know what, I'm going to declare for the draft? Like, really? Um, so, yeah. Hopefully the audio sounds better. I'm going to have to take all of it and amplify it because it's at a very low level. That's weird, but I guess that's what happens when you put your microphone off to the side for one freaking recording session. And yes, that should do it for this episode. Hopefully, you have enjoyed this. If you have, well, why not, you know, leave some feedback. You want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S-P-O-R-T-S, or you can find me on Instagram at bschluterla. I've been Ben Schluter. This has been Gold Go. If you want to see the next, or hear, excuse me, the next episodes of the two-point conversion, uh, you'll get those on Sunday and Monday following the LSU and Saints games. And there will be a Saturday special of Gold to Go uh, where I will be delving deep into a topic. What topic that is has yet to be determined. Um, 
Maybe it'll be about the Saints' defense in 2012 and how much trauma that brought. And how, yeah, actually, you know what? That's what it's going to be. Why it will be so impressive if the Seahawks have a worse defense than that. So you'll have to stick around for that one, as I have to rip from the bowels of my memory the horrors of the 2012 Saints. But until then, I have been Ben Schluter. This has been Gold to Go. And until next time, bye-bye.